What's going on, guys? This is Chris from Canton, Ohio, calling again. Breaking news, we just signed Antonio Brown. Kind of curious what your guys' thoughts are. Uh, I see a lot of negative reaction in social media and from a lot of Bucks fans. Um, I kind of like the idea. I mean, I know we're incredibly deep at wide receiver, but there could be, you know, an underlying thing, injury we don't know about, or maybe just keep him away from, you know, an NFC rival such as Seahawks and getting them. Anyways, we'd love to hear you guys' thoughts. Love the show. Keep doing it. Go Bucks. You are locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bucks Nation? Welcome to this special edition Saturday episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast. You know why we're here. It's been all over the news. It's been all over social media. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers signing wide receiver Antonio Brown. I am David Harrison, one half of the usual Locked On Bucks hosting duo, typically joined by James Jargo, but he's working right now, so I'm going solo right now to react to this news with you out here, and we have plenty of reactions from Bucks Nation, both on social media and in the voicemail box. Let's get to another voicemail real quick before we dive into this move. Hey, my guys. Leighton in Tampa, seeing the news breaking that Baby is visiting and actually a deal may be just about done. Not sure how I feel, though I trust Jason and Bruce, but this is going to be an interesting one. Um, yeah, it's going to be one that I'm sure we'll be talking about and wondering about. Hope you guys are doing well. Go Buck. Hope to be talking to you again after a victory in Las Vegas. All right, Chris and Layton, appreciate your phone calls. We've got a couple more to come still on the show. But yeah, guys, on Friday night, news surfacing that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been in talks with Antonio Brown and his camp about joining the team. And then, to, to put it lightly, really, all hell broke loose on Bucks Twitter. And then today on Saturday, just past 9 a.m. Eastern, NFL.com's Ian Rappaport reporting the Buccaneers officially signed Antonio Brown to a one-year deal worth just over the league minimum with professional and personal incentives. I think that personal incentives part is a very important part of this whole deal. Now, just like Twitter, James and I have our opinions. I'm going to share mine now, and James is surely going to share his on an upcoming episode. But Bucks Nation, you also have more takes, though. And here are two of those that came straight out of Orlando. Jane, Kevin from Orlando calling. Wow, I, I don't know what to say. Buccaneers sign Antonio Brown for a one-year deal. I know you definitely, James, are really looking forward to that happening. Well, anyway, uh love to hear your thoughts about it, although I think I might know exactly what they are. Uh Let's see how long he stays with the team. <laughs> I bet your Vegas has taken bets on that. Anyway, um, look forward to your episode. Hey, guys, this is Dan from Orlando again. I just got the notification off my Bleacher Report app that we just signed Antonio Brown to a one-year deal. Like, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it because of all the characters she's off the field. Uh, I'm interested to uh, hear what you guys think about it. Like, I mean, on paper, if we had, I mean, A.B., Mike Evans, Godwin, Gronk, Rojo, Fournette, and that's just unreal. Like, it is, this is like an all-star caliber type team i mean knock on wood uh but wow uh what are your guys thoughts on ab what do you think um he's gonna be utilized as you know punt returner maybe kick returner um obviously you know playing receiver you know hopefully he doesn't complain too much about touches and attention on the field you know hopefully he uh has matured but um anyways thanks guys and uh go buck all right, Kevin and Dan, appreciate your guys' phone calls. 
uh, a little bit of excitement you can hear in those calls, a little bit of apprehension as well. You can hear in those calls some some flatly stated apprehension as well. And and yeah, guys, I'll say this about James's opinion of the signing of Antonio Brown. You can go to Twitter. He's actually been interacting with some of you about his opinions on the move uh, as well, but he is not here, so I'm not going to put words in his mouth. Um, we'll wait to hear from him directly, which we will do uh, very shortly here in the coming days. Um, but but all across the board, guys, there's some excitement from Bucks fans and, and and some excitement from other people, and there's some apprehension, of course, from Bucks fans, and and for good reason. I mean, Antonio Brown is serving an eight-game suspension to start the 2020 NFL season due to his conduct off the field, and this most recent suspension really spe- specifically stemming from incidents that happened earlier this year in 2020. Uh, so it's not like it's even that far in the past. And of course his time with the new England Patriots was cut short, not because of things he did after he signed with the new England Patriots, but because of things that surfaced that he had done or was, uh, was alleged to do uh, before joining the new England Patriots. Unfortunately, the Patriots having to take the action, make the decisions they did, which I, I do agree with. And I did agree with at the time to take those actions uh, because of what Antonio Brown was facing in those moments. So I feel like that's a lot of where this apprehension comes from. But then again, some people on social media voicing some excitement, look at the Buccaneers on paper and, and this game isn't played on paper. Life isn't lived on paper, but if you look at this roster, look at these skill position players, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. Oh, and by the way, Scotty Miller, who before he was suffering from injuries himself was looking like a very dynamic an explosive part of this offense. I mean, guys, I remember playing previous years versions of, of the Madden franchise mode and building teams and getting to a point where I look at a roster like this one and say, oh, great, you've gone and, and made an unrealistic roster for yourself, so go ahead and reset the entire thing, scrap it all, and start from fresh and see if we can't stay on a more realistic line. I mean, this is a roster that if you'd have told me two, three years ago the Buccaneers were going to have this roster playing on the field on Sundays, I'd have told you you were crazy, and I would have taken that bet for no matter how much money you laid on the table. So the fact that they have this collection of talent uh, should be a little bit more exciting than maybe some of you out there look at it as. But again, I understand the apprehension due to the off-field history with Antonio Brown and the concerns of his behavior, both in the locker room and outside the locker room. But there are a lot more layers to this thing than just what's happened in the past. But before we get there, guys, we've got a couple of network messages for you real quick. On the other side of those, I'm going to give my final thoughts and opinions on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers signing of Antonio Brown Coming up here on the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, back now at the Locked On Bucks podcast on this special Saturday episode, reacting to the signing of Antonio Brown by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And here we're going to get into my final initial thoughts of the signing of Antonio Brown. And I'm going to start with Bruce Arian's comments because I'm seeing these used against him at this point. Uh, He's not going to come out and defend himself, nor does he need to. But I will kind of in this instance because I feel like the atmosphere warrants it. And we're going to go back to March. That's right, March. In March, Bruce Arians told CBS's Tiki and Tierney about Antonio Brown saying, quote, yeah, it's not going to happen. There's no room. It's just not going to happen. It's just not a fit here. End quote. Pressed on by the duo, he said, there's no room. Then he said, quote, I just know him. It's not a fit in our locker room. End quote. Now, we're in October. Again, we're now in October Things change a bit, okay, from March to October. If you ask a stereotypical male if he plans on making his date pay for a dinner, he'll probably say no. But now when he realizes he forgot his wallet, things might change a little bit. Mike Evans hasn't been healthy all year. That wasn't the case in March. Chris Godwin wasn't out for over half the season up to this point in March. Scotty Miller didn't have a groin injury. O.J. Howard hadn't torn his Achilles in March. But in October, well, all of those things are true. And now, in October, compared to March, there's room. All right? 
What BA said with Tiki and Tyranny that's not being brought up is part of the last part of what he said. He knows A, B, and in March, he wasn't a fit for this locker room. In March, he had just come off of the allegations and the incident that led to this suspension. All right. Reports have come out, though, since Friday night that the Bucks and AB have been in talks for a while. How long? A while. I don't know how long a while is, but knowing AB, there's something that tells Bruce Arians he could be a fit in the locker room now, in October of 2020. Not March, in October. I don't know AB, but Bruce does. And so does Tom Brady. So if they're believing what AB is selling, I have no reason to doubt it. Now, wonder about it? Absolutely. I have reason to wonder about it. Feel concerned about it? 100%. Absolutely have plenty of reasons to feel concerned about the move. But straight up doubt it or straight up cast it out as, as, a, as a garbage move or say this is, you know, this is B.A. going back on his word. No, guys, listen. In March, there was no room for this, for this player. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, uh, Justin Watson, who, you know, shown flashes. Again, the, the team seems to believe in him just a little bit more than I do, right? Ronald Jones expected to come in and have a big day. Or a big year. Tom Brady, OJ Howard, Cam Bray. I mean, yeah, look at that roster. There's no room for AB. And then you get into April, they draft Tyler Johnson, Keyshawn Vaughn. Eventually, you bring in Leonard Fournette. You bring in LaShawn McCoy. You bring in Rob Gronkowski. There's no room for those players or for, for Antonio Brown. But again, Mike Evans is injured. Chris Godwin is injured. Scotty Miller is injured. OJ Howard's out for the season. Rob Gronkowski's injured. Yeah, he's looking better and better each week, but he's injured as well. That's why we had the left arm Gronk spike. Because he's injured. All of these amazing players, other than Rojo, Rojo's the only one who at least isn't showing up on the injury report, but you know he's banged up. It's it's the NFL, guys. You know he's banged up. Now there's room. Things change. I had someone text me last night saying this was going to blow up the locker room. All right? And I'm going to say something. I'm going to echo, really, what Jake Arian said on Twitter because it's something I had said already in a private DM with my boys, Mike and Gabe. I'm paraphrasing here from what I said and from what Jake said. But if you think Antonio Brown can come in and wreck this locker room, then you either think way too highly of Antonio Brown or you don't think highly enough of the leaders already in there. Of guys like Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Devin White, and Levante David, just to name some of the guys wearing captain's patches. And that's not even talking about Godwin, Gronk, JPP, Sue, and the rest of them. If you think AB can come in here and swing the unity, the cohesion built by those 50-plus men already, who've been working as a team to fight for this 4-2 record for all this time, then honestly, I can't believe AB isn't running for president right now because that is some next-level influential ability that that man must possess. I believe in no way, shape, or form that Antonio Brown is going to enter this locker room with all these leaders, all these guys who have been working, a lot of them for the last two years, this year included, and just, I don't know, like have these guys fall in lockstep behind him if he comes in being AB and not Antonio Brown, for me, there's a, a staunch difference between AB and Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is, is the kid, the player, the athlete who worked his butt off to get the superstardom and, and the recognition and everything that created, that helped create AB. For me, Antonio Brown didn't have problems until AB came into the picture. So if AB stays out of it, Antonio Brown can be very successful in this venture. Now, I'm still going to call him AB from time to time. It is what it is, but I just want to be clear on the two different people I'm talking about. If you think that AB can come into this locker room and get all these guys, like Scotty Miller is just going to turn and say, man, I've been following Mike Evans and Chris Godwin's example, but now that AB's here, coming off his eight-game suspension with his career that's in shambles, you no, know, now that you're here, forget what those guys have to say. I'm going to do what you say. 
if Mike Evans talking about Tom Brady making him legendary, AB is going to come in and Mike's going to say, no, Tom, you don't know what you're talking about anymore. I'm going to listen to AB. That's not going to happen, guys. That is not going to happen. Finally, there's a play angle. The Bucs don't need him. Emmanuel Acho talked about a team on ESPN that didn't need A.B. either. Let's listen into that. Huge mistake for the Seahawks to sign A.B. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Somebody should sign A.B. Let me make that abundantly clear. Whoa. But it should not be the Seahawks. Whoa. Marcellus, let me take you to, um, I was in Italy. I was overseas with a friend. That's what I'll call it. Oh, you flossed a belly over here. Over, I was overseas with a friend. <laughs> and um, uh, the, the chef recommended this, this, this beautiful entree. It's a beautiful entree at a five-star restaurant. Right, and, right. And, and all of a sudden, though, what? the person at the restaurant with wants to start tinkering with the meal. Um, can you add a little extra salt? Can you add some marinara sauce? Can you add some... We're at a five-star restaurant. Ooh. Just eat the meal as it comes. Ooh. The Seattle Seahawks, y'all are a five-star team. Y'all mm. are currently sitting at, what is it, 5-0. and oh. mm. Just continue as you are. There oh. is no need to tinker with something that is already perfect. Chef recommends. Pete Carroll recommends. Mm. There is no need to tinker with something, Marcellus, that is already coming with rave reviews. If you add Antonio Brown... You are tinkering with something that is already five-star. That does not need to happen. So I do not co-sign. I do Ooh. not uh, uh, like Ooh. in any way, shape, or form the Ooh. decision for the Seahawks Ooh. to add Antonio Brown. Let somebody else do it. Y'all don't need to. Oh. Let somebody else sign Antonio Brown. That's what Emmanuel Acho had to say about the Seattle Seahawks, who were rumored really the most, and, and really I think they're the only team that I saw rumored to be to be going after AB as his suspension comes to an end. And I can see where he's coming from. The Seattle Seahawks offense has been, in his analogy, a five-star restaurant, a five-star offense. Okay, but what about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense? Let's look at it, guys. Seattle has played five games. Tampa Bay has played six, right? Seattle's had their bye week. But through their respective games, the Seattle Seahawks are averaging 33.8 points per game. The Buccaneers, 29 and a half. The Seattle Seahawks are averaging 395.8 yards of offense per game. The Buccaneers, 358.2, almost 40 yards less per game. In the passing game, the Seahawks are averaging 280.4 yards. The Buccaneers, 249, a 30-yard difference. Seattle, 115.4 yards rushing. Tampa Bay, 109.2 yards, and that's including Ronald Jones, who has three back-to-back 100-yard rushing games. Seattle's turning the ball over on offense, an average of .8 times per game, less than one turnover per game. The Buccaneers, 1.2 times per game. Seattle has 29 first downs per game on average so far. The Buccaneers, 18.2. Almost a full 11 first downs fewer per game than the Seattle Seahawks. Five-star offense. The Seahawks are are scoring at a clip of 44.6% of the time they have the ball. They're putting up points. The Buccaneers are doing well as well, 42.9%. Still room for improvement. If the Seattle Seahawks are a five-star offense, the way that Manuel Acho paints them out to be, and really the way that I, I really have no, no way of really arguing that they're not, then the Buccaneers, in comparison, at worst are probably a high three. I think they're probably a four-star offense. The talent that Antonio Brown brings to the table gives them five-star potential. Now, listen, the, the roster they have currently healthy absolutely has the potential to be a five-star offense. Mike Evans healthy, Chris Godwin's healthy, et cetera, et cetera, absolutely could be a five-star offense, but they're not. And again, those that, that part of the context of this matters. They're not healthy. We can't just poof, wish them healthy, guys. So without them, they're probably about a four-star, at worst, a high three-star offense with those differences in statistics, right, in production. But with AB, they have that five-star potential again. 
They also have the ability, guys. If AB can come in and get on page and get on, on track quicker, they have the ability to spell some of these guys. You don't have to have Mike Evans out there for all the snaps. He's getting. You don't have to have Chris Godwin out there for all the snaps. He's getting, or Scotty Miller. You can put together different packages and have different wide receiver sets. Is it going to potentially mess up Mike Evans' 1,000-yard season streak? Yes, absolutely, quite possibly. Honestly, that streak is already under, under threat. All right, it's already endangered, and I don't think Mike cares. Everybody wants individual success, sure, you know what I mean, to a certain extent. So to a certain extent, he probably does care. But if Mike Evans has to trade a 1,000-yard season in his career to get a postseason berth, to get a Super Bowl championship opportunity, I promise you he's going to do that. He will gladly sacrifice that record. We can talk about the off-field stuff. We can talk about the ramifications, the potential that Antonio Brown has to bring into the locker room to, to get suspended again. Those are all, all accurate things. But something else that's accurate that we can't deny as well is the talent that he brings to the field, the risk it for the biscuit, the risk for the reward. And look, Trevor Sikkima sent out a tweet. Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, LaShawn McCoy this year are all getting paid under $5 million combined. You cannot tell me this is a circumstance that you would have predicted to be available for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers even a year ago. You can't tell me that. So for them to take this opportunity, take advantage of this opportunity, you have to understand it. Tampa Bay lost no draft picks. They traded no players. They'll likely move Jaden Mickens or Cyril Grayson to the practice squad. If someone scoops them up on waivers, then the Bucs lost minimal special teams contributions or helmet doinks. That's it. That's all they stand to lose in this deal. If AB shows up and not Antonio Brown, off the field, the Buccaneers don't have to do anything. The NFL is going to do it for him. He was already serving an eight-game suspension for off-the-field activity. If he has another off-the-field transgression while a member of the Buccaneers, the NFL is going to drop the door on, on AB and never open it again. Don't even worry about that. If it's in the locker room or on the field, NFL teams have this, this great ability to suspend players for what they call conduct detrimental to the team. Not release, suspend. That means another team can't come swoop you up. Another team can't sign you. We're not going to see you in January, and you're going to put up 150 yards and two touchdowns on us in the playoffs. No, you're going to stay on this team. You're just not going to play because of conduct detrimental to the team. Or they could release him. But, I mean, honestly, if he comes back now and behaves in a way that leads the Buccaneers to release him under those terms, do you really think another NFL team, even the Seattle Seahawks, is going to take a chance on him? I would find that very hard to believe, to be quite honest with you. My final thoughts on my initial thoughts, guys. There's literally nothing for the Buccaneers to lose by doing this as from where I see it and a whole lot they could gain. Brown has the most to gain of everybody. Not only does he have a chance to play again, he has a chance to possibly compete for a Super Bowl. And more importantly, he has a chance to regain the career that he burned to ashes. This is all upside, guys. Those are my final thoughts and my initial thoughts on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers signing Antonio Brown. Guys, find me on Twitter at dharrison82. Let me know how wrong I am or how right I am. Head over to BucksNation.com, read all of our work covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Make sure you come back to the Locked On Bucks podcast for all your post-Raiders reactions and analysis available on your favorite podcast provider. From the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 